Greetings, this is Bob Ponderelli, co-host with Mike Sherrick of Into the Gap Radio, which airs Saturday afternoons at 1 o'clock Central on 1590 AM and 95.9 FM Chicago. This is the podcast version of our show where you'll get highlights of our most recent episode. We also do an Into the Gap unfiltered podcast, and I'll have more details about that later in the episode. Okay, let's get started. Here's my co-host, Mike Sherrick. Shout out to all fathers out there. We're really going to celebrate a lot of what we're going to talk about today is fatherhood and what it means to be a father and how we relate to fathers. And uh, how you doing, man? Happy I'm, Father's Day weekend. Yep, same to you. Thank you. It's yeah. also the White Sox are playing the Yankees and owning them, right? Okay. They beat the Yankees two games in a row. Lu- Lucas Giolito, stud, 10th win of the year <laughs> last year. So shout out to the White Sox and Lucas Giolito. And then over across town, yes. over in Wrigley, yes. the Grateful Dead are playing. Oh, nice. So I saw the Dead and Company last night. That was awesome. And I'm going to see him tonight. Uh-huh. And it was, uh, you know, my first show was in 1977. So what's that? How long is that? It's a while. That's a while. Yeah. I'm not going to, it's not a math question. Yeah. But so that's what's going on, man. How you doing? I'm good. The, I noticed they did something to the mics because I can turn and look at you and talk yeah. and I can still hear myself. Yeah, how about so that? It's a, it's a miracle. Really kind of, we're moving yeah. quickly here. <laughs> um, yeah. So I want to say hi to my dad, Ross, who's listening to the show right now. Dad, thank you. Love you. Happy yeah. Father's Day. Hi, Mr. Ponerelli. <laughs> Mike's yeah. a really good guy, Dad, just saying. Yeah, you'll figure You haven't out. met him yet, but he's he's a really good guy. Yeah, yeah. So, so man. Yeah. So, this whole idea of uh, freedom of speech, we started yeah. talking about before the show. Yeah. And one of the things is, is that, is, is part of our hitting the stride with this show is our own sense of comfort in a good comfort way. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where we're comfortable just, you know, talking about this and, yeah. and being free about it. And well, isn't that what and, freedom of speech is about? Like you're actually free to talk about it. That, that's true. Yeah. yeah so that's, that's a great point. That's what we're going to do. We're going to, yes. we're going to rock freedom of speech. Yes. And, and really celebrate freedom of speech. Yeah. So that's a trigger warning for some of you, you know, snowflakes out there, but that's okay. <laughs> for certain people who, it just blows my mind how anyone would want to constrain on one per another person's ability to speak, regardless of what it was. Well, that's a whole nother, or is. that's a whole nother conversation. Other yeah. than more, that'd take us completely off track. Okay. Okay. So let's not go Good. there, but I'm there, but, but you know, like, you know, you and I are both like fans of Jordan Peterson and Jordan Peterson yes. is pretty upfront about, it. he has no concern about saying things that offend people. Right. And he actually gets that offending people can actually be catalytic. Yes. In engaging Right. In, in, in discourse that moves things forward, which yes. is really what this is about. And being offended is a part of being an adult. Yeah. You're, you're going to be offended. Yeah. If you're operating at the level of non-adult, let's just say child, for yeah. example, yeah. you're, you're going to be much more sensitive yeah. than if you have the wherewithal that an adult has. And we should probably, maybe on another show, yeah. talk we, about we, that distinction of adult. No, that, that would be, that's great. I think we'll do that later. But yeah. But what we're going to talk about today is really Father's Day. And we're going to talk about the second law of performance as it relates in Steve Zaffron and, and uh, uh, Dave Logan's book, yep. uh, The Three Laws of Performance. And that's how, uh, that's how situations occur, arise in language. So today's show is really about language. But before we get into ga- that, <laughs> let's rock let's Docu- rock the best part of this show okay? documentation of existing documentation conditions. of existing conditions so uh the first story so we've got several stories so right? again second week in a row i don't know what the hell you're going to bring up okay well right so i'm just going to read you the list and let you pick <laughs> right. so number one is is uh america's failure to stand up to socialism might 
make us the stupidest generation. That's pretty okay. That's politically kind of incorrect. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're going to talk about political correctness right. in just a little the sec- bit. The second one is a breakout of cannibalism in South Africa. Okay. There's, there's some cannibalism going on there that has been recently distinguished at a different uh, level. That's a that mighty was, tasty no, yeah. subject. Huh? Yeah. Another one is uh, just, this is stuff I just picked up there. Like I, I, I this is akin to uh, George Carlin, you know, he calls his book brain droppings. Yeah. Yeah. So this is stuff that just popped up as like, wow. So CNN's like taking a nosedive uh, in ratings. Really? Which I'm sure has something to do with something that they're, you know, not doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, then there's, uh, there's my favorite guy about, uh, on CNN and, and I was going to use him as an example <laughs> later is like how situations occur. Yes. Like Don Lemon, Don Lemon, right? Don Lemon, right. Yes. And I, there might not be two dudes more different and right. see the world differently sure. than, than little old Don Lemon over there. Right. And me. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so I've got opinions about Don Lemon. Right. But he's got a right to see the world. The right. He wants to. So, yeah. 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 Then there's uh, some fake hate crimes in uh, Canada. and it, Fake hate crimes? Fake hate crimes, yes. And there's like a whole slew of fake hate crimes breaking out. I'm not, look, I'm not saying that like hate crimes are not, you know, an issue or- No, they're horrible. Or that they happen. Yeah. Uh, what, what is kind of amazing is the number of them that get- ama- well, In other words, these people get tons of press. Yeah. There's, there's a big media- focus on oh my gosh i hate you know this is happening again and and i think it's it's actually uh my my own view being a news junkie is that hate crimes are actually very 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 small part yeah. of the general crime that goes on well think about and it. the biggest crimes until, are the ones that go unreported like massive corruption in, in our government right. let's say for well example, until about like five that. years ago or corporate corruption sometime during the obama administration prior to the obama administration there was no such thing as a hate crime i don't think uh, I think that did it. come about during his tenure. Yeah, yes. he, he gave us a lot of great gifts. Right. Yeah. So, so <laughs> yes, you know, so we there wasn't even this thing called a hate crime until recently, right? Yeah. And and you know the thing I didn't even connect the dots, but the thing you point to the corruption is mm-hmm. if you're looking over here, mm-hmm. what can I do over here? Oh, sleight of hand, absolutely. You know? So it's really interesting, and 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 you know, you, you and I outside the show, you talk about the. What's the word? Social manipulation or social construction or what's the word, the uh, phrase you use? You mean social engineering. Social engineering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, if you look at the hate, again, we're going off a little bit, but right. hate crime legislation. Yeah. Was that, yeah. was that the result of a big public debate as to whether or not it was a good idea? Yeah. Not really. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. In fact, one of the purposes of this show is to yeah. pierce the comfort and convenience that we've all been a part right. of as a right. result of being a somewhat economically successful nation yeah. where people are like, oh, they passed that bill. Oh, okay. I'm okay with that. No problem. Well, What's and it's, for lunch? And it's <laughs> exactly, it is not to diminish the impact that has, you know, it's not to diminish the attacks on certain segments of the population, you know? Right. You know, it, I mean, those are horrific. Right. I'm, I, it's not to justify it. It's just like to be careful of the narrative, which is what we're going to talk about. Today, yeah. You know? Be really careful. So, which one of these do you want to get into so we can? Uh, well, I mean, you know, it just depends. I mean, there, there's a lot, you know, it's just quirky stuff. Another one's, uh, this what's your favorite one? No need to wash clothes anymore. People are wearing clothes. Okay, I, let's, to go, save water. Let's, let's go there. Let's go there. You want to go to that? Yeah, I want to go to that one. That's, it's that, kind of a, it's, it's actually one of the longest articles. Oh, okay. But it starts with, there's a company yeah. that is making wool clothes 
wool clothes. The, yes, they're so you making don't have to wash them from a certain. Yes, that you can wear for weeks <laughs> without washing them. Now, here's the thing. My there's a there's an Italian word that you ever heard this term skeeve? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Ins- I didn't know it was Italian. Oh yeah, the okay. schivoso. I think. Okay. I think. Okay. But here's the idea. The idea basically is, I don't care if you if your clothes will last a while mm-hmm. and not smell bad. Yeah. By wearing them for weeks at a time. Yeah. But what about all the little things that come off of your skin and I, fall on there? Oh man! That, and then you're dropping them at other people's houses. Now I'm or, getting schemed. You know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I I used yeah. to work with a guy who said, Bob. Dude, if you actually were were to get present, or yeah. in other words, to be aware of yeah. the amount of germs you're surrounded with every day, you yeah. never leave the house. I mean, on the one hand, I get that. But on the other hand, the whole idea of uh, saving water to the degree that I'm washing my clothes that much less is, yeah. is kind of freaky. Yeah. And I, you know, this water thing, yeah. I, I wonder, I mean, of course, we have a different perspective. Because we live around the largest freshwater source in the world. Right. Right, the Great Lakes. Yeah. And do you remember when there was an oil crisis? Yes. Where did that go? <laughs> right? What happened to that? All of, a sudden, well, all of a sudden, we got tons of freaking oil. Well, here's the thing. There is a there is a conversation between people that believe like, you know, fossil fuels, right, yeah. are the result of dead organic matter. Mm-hmm. Miles below the surface, right. which raises the question: Okay, what was? How did all this dirt show up on top of the old dirt I don't know. that has us drilled down? How does that whole thing work? And so there's the there's a Russian Burial? study. There was a Russian <laughs> study, which is is oil biotic, meaning or an organic thing mm-hmm. that is the result of this, or is it abiotic, meaning is oil produced or is oil being produced by a result of forces? within the earth that we, so it's we don't understand so yet. It's replenishable. And, and is it replenishing itself? There, our lifetimes are so short, we really don't know that. We, so, there's no way to prove it, in other words. See, that so, would be a very scary conversation because if it's that, then right. oil, oil is then a sustainable resource. Pretty much. And then the whole idea right. is moot. Yes. But and, then you get into carbon gases and all that Right. Stuff. And there's uh, as a little aside, when you mentioned water, yeah. there's something called, I request people look this up, it's called primary water, mm-hmm. which is... That water mm-hmm. also replenishes itself yeah. for some reason. Yeah. And so, you know, the fear, 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 fear around yeah. these things. You're listening to Into the Gap, the podcast, where we bring you highlights of our weekly radio show, which airs Saturdays at one o'clock central time on WCGO AM and FM, Evanston, Chicago. We also recently introduced the Into the Gap Unfiltered podcast, where leadership, lifelong learning, and critical thinking are leveraged in the service of freedom and liberty. Find it, rate it, and subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. The latest episodes of that podcast, and this one too, are available on SoundCloud at Into the Gap Media and on our website, intothegapmedia.com. If you'd like to get in touch with questions, comments, or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities, please email me at bob at intothegapmedia.com. Let's go back to the show now. Here's my partner, Mike Sherrick. Really, we're here to celebrate Father's Day. Yep. And I want to—I really want to acknowledge everyone out there who's listening, who's a father. Yep. And everyone out there who has a father. And, and what I want to talk about, Bob, today mm-hmm. is our relationship to fathers, fatherhood, and what it means to be a father. I mean, you and I are both dads. 
Yep. And we both got dads. Your, your dad's still alive. Yes, he is. My dad passed uh, a while ago. And and what I really want to share about that is um, my whole life, my dad and I would never get along. We we would just had this this kind of adversarial, tough relationship. You know? Yep. And he was always there. He was the scoutmaster of my scout troop. Wow. He was the commissioner of my little league. Wow. He he would show up all yep. the time. You know, he was re- super, super liable. Worked every day of his life. Yeah. You know, and was, was that guy. Yeah. You know? And the whole time growing up, I was thinking, you know, I didn't get the right dad. I wish I had a different dad. Yeah. You know, my buddy Frank's dad's cooler than my right. dad, you know? Yeah. And I had this ongoing set of complaints about my dad. I want to throw something in real yeah, quick, yeah. which is that at a certain age, and I'm not sure exactly what that age is. I think in guys, it's yeah. somewhere somewhere between like maybe as low as 10 yeah. in the 14 years old range, yeah. where you, when as you enter adolescence, your, your own innate sense of self-definition yeah. requires that you separate yourself yeah. from your father. Well, you know, it's funny you, you know, say that self. because- who I then constituted myself is, is not him. Right. Exactly. Right. So yeah. I was, you gonna, mean, I know what you, what you were, but you certainly knew what you weren't or you exactly. had a sense of what you were. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, yeah. and, and I'm going to make an assertion right. that many people, especially guys uh-huh. have got that adversarial relationship with their dad. Yes. And, and, and so what that leads to is a relating to dads and, 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 and since dads are, quote unquote, the leaders of the family. Yep. Also leadership, right? Right. So we, we fundamentally enter into the world and enter into relationship with, with people who are father figures, bosses, leaders. Yep. Mentors. Mentors as going into it with a fundamental complaint to begin with. Yep. Okay. And I think it occurs from that, that the thing is, is, you know, when we're young Mm -hmm. and you know, our dad, our dad is like freaking awesome. Right. We right? kind of worship him. We do. We worship him. We, we look, this idol. guy can do everything. And then we start right. noticing his humanity. Right. As we get older. As we we're get We're able older. to perceive yeah. his flaws. Yeah. Because he's human, right? Yeah. And That's- so we start putting our focus on everything he's not and lose sight of everything he was. Right. That's right. So after my dad passed, I mean, I was so pissed at my dad when he died. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When he died. I, our relationship was in a, in a, in a rough place. You know, it, 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 mm. it always was mm-hmm. like we buried him on St. Patrick's day, mm. 1998. Mm. And I stood, so it's cold out. And I stood by the grave, making sure they threw every dirt, every shovel of dirt on his grave mm. just to make sure he was buried. I was that angry. And people are like, what is that crazy dude doing? You know, mm. my brother came out there and it's time to go. Let's go. I was just, I didn't even know how to be with it. Mm. You know, mm. like there was all this unspoken communication it was all these questions it was all this desire like what happened you know right stuff that was not uh things that you maybe wished you had said yeah. or you wish or wished we could have been had, right you know, experience we could have shared okay so anyway since that time yeah. done a lot of work and mm-hmm. what i've discovered is this is self-developmental work we're talking oh, yeah. about i'm just yeah. throwing it out no there. thanks yeah. Anyway, what I discovered is I discovered all the things my dad was, right? Yeah. All the gifts he provided for me. Right. All, everything he did do. And what I, what I came to realize, the dude was 22 when I was born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was 22. Right. I was a moron. Yeah. Right? So one can infer he might've been a moron too, you know? 
and he did the best he could. Correct. And one of the things I, I don't think our culture mm-hmm. does a very good job mm-hmm. of looking at men in particular, mm-hmm. people in leadership positions, yes, or our fathers in a way of like really getting that they did the best they could. Right. And they were human, you know? Right. And that leads me to the, you know, the second law of performance is how situations occur arises in language. Right. And I want to. Yeah, go ahead. Well, not to cut you off, but I want to, because we had discussed earlier this whole idea of guys who are not complete. In other words, they haven't gotten their brain settled about what their fathers were and what their fathers were not. And that they've developed an ability to step back and have perspective and realize, look, the guy did the best that he could. Yeah. I mean, even if God forbid there was all kinds of, you know, crazy stuff going on, right? Yeah. Then what ends up happening is, is that that guy walks around complaining about his father, let's say, and other people are looking at that going, oh, and particularly perhaps even women that are going, wow. So manhood, there's a problem. There's a problem with men. Guys are broken. Uh, Masculine men are toxic and on and on and on. And these things become... Something else that we have to deal with. Well, and right? that's really what it's, it's about. So last week we were talking about the first yeah. law of performance, right? Right. I, I, I don't think I, I brought it in. It's like, it's how people perform correlates the way situations occur to them. Yes. So it's specific. So, right. So what you're talking about is, so for a long time, I walked around with my experience of my dad. Yeah. Right. That created my own personal lens. Absolutely. Right. And so I had a, a, a view that was unique to me, but I didn't make it like it was unique to me. This is the worldview. This is, the, this is the way it is. So in other words, it became your perspective on all fathers? On all leaders. On all leaders. On all leaders. Okay. Right? Okay. So every leader was, you know, an SOB. Yeah, right. And there's no winning. Right. And, you know, if I brought home, you know, four A's and a B, how come you got the B? Right. You know, and all this stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's just how it came. And and so what it drove up in me was distrust and, you know, should I really give a hundred percent? Right. Or if I give it to him straight, am right. I going to get it back? Looking so, over your shoulder. What I did, I had a different version of that. I did, I, I would run a scam or I would run a outside the, you know, outside the box kind of thing. Right. You know, okay. that, that's my version of it. Mm-hmm. But, but that's the whole thing. And so I just wonder mm-hmm. how much of uh, how our relationships were. And as you pointed to mm-hmm. our relationships with our dads and how the, the undistinguished nature of that relationship yep. has led to a filter that has people look at. Mm-hmm. Leadership, men, fathers, and and now we're in this conversation about the patriarchy. Right. Right? Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what the patriarchy is, but you hear it brought up a lot, right? Patriarchy is men leading all kinds of things. Yeah. From governments to organizations to companies to families. Yeah. And how the current, maybe, and I'm just, this is, I'm throwing this out Mm -hmm. there. The current cultural conversation seems to be- Mm -hmm. If you look at media, if you look at, when I say media, I mean, there's the mainstream media, CNBC and all the rest of those. And then TV shows, your basic Netflix shows that show men as all kinds of, you know, inept individuals versus celebrating what a man can be. And that really gets into the meat and potatoes Mm. of the second law of performance. How situations occur arise in language. Okay. And what is the, 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 the source of media? It's language, yeah. right? Media is the purveyor of language. What we're doing here is language. 
Yes. You know, it's all language, the way we communicate with one another, the way we expose ourselves to one another. Right. And I don't mean expose like uh, Kellen yeah. Winslow exposure. I'm talking right. about exposing ourselves. Yes. It's documented. It's not libel. It's been documented. He does it. It's in a court, yeah. court file. <laughs> but what I'm talking about is, um, yeah, how, how we, how we share ourselves is all language. Right. And, and what you're pointed to is the narrative out there, the language out there right now is one of that men are toxic, misogynist. Yeah. They're angry. Right. They're dangerous. Yes. Untrustworthy. And it's not true. It's not necessarily true. There are men uh, out there with all those attributes. Of course there Of are. any color, by the way. Uh, uh, and and any version. ethnicity. And there's women out there with the same attributes. Absolutely. It, those are human attributes. Exactly. Right? And and so what I, you know, this morning, so there's, there's a guy who I know really, really well. Yeah. Who just makes me crazy. Okay? Okay. Because I, I like him and I respect him. And he's... He's one of these guys that's always putting stuff up about like why men, he's a male feminist, okay, why, why yeah. men are bad. Right. And he had, he had a thing up there, you know, today on Facebook and I was like, really? Dude, seriously, one more time? And I call him on it all the time, but right. it's, it's this narrative. He's part of the narrative. There's no critical thinking. There's no investigation. There's just questioning, a, which yeah. is the nature of critical thinking is the yeah. art. Again, I, I'm going to be repeating this yeah. over and over again, Absolutely. but it's the art of asking essential questions. Yeah. Yeah. And the fundamental question, the number one call for accountability is the word why question mark. Yeah. Why, why would you say that? Why would you do that? What was, you know, where did that come mm -hmm. from? Yeah. And people are being kind of in a certain sense trained not to do that. Yeah. In a, in a, in a way, and I, I don't want to go deeply into how, what that looks like necessarily, but anyway. Well, no, well, yeah. you know, I think that's part of what we're talking about is the right. ongoing current, the narrative that's going on out there, the way we communicate, the way we identify what it means to be a dad or right. what it means to be a father yeah. or the way it's shown up in media, in, um, both in like sitcoms, like go on, like I, I said this a couple weeks ago, go on Netflix and look at how, mm -hmm. You know, the straight white guy is depicted. Right. Either a goofball or he's the villain. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's weak and crying or, you know, something. He right. just, you know, and, and are there guys like that? Absolutely. But I think it's what we're standing for and what our job is, is to actually shift the narrative get, for us to get responsible. I think one of the big things we got to do as guys is we got to start asking the question, what happened over there? That has you believe this is real and get curious about their occurring. Right. Right. You know, what's occurring to me right now yeah. is uh, Ray Donovan. <laughs> because <laughs> you, know, you got yeah. Ray is one manifestation mm -hmm. of damaged goods. Right. Then Terry is another. Yep. And then Bunchy, yeah. Bunchy, Bu Bunchy's. You know, Bunchy's a mess. Bunchy's a, and his wife is extremely domineering. So yeah. there's that going on. Yeah. And we're, we're eating all of this up, uh, as entertainment, which it is, but it's fantastic writing, great show. And I think you need to be present to what it is that you're witnessing when yeah. you're, wa when you're watching this, be able to put it into proper perspective. Yeah. And, and I, th I think part of it, I think we got to start giving grace to one another that we're all at some level, not perfect and flawed. Bob Pontarelli here, and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll have more Into the Gap episode highlights after a short break. 
Into the Gap is on a quest for bringing self-knowledge right up against the glass of the great display window of life. We're also on a quest for advertisers to support this podcast, our weekly radio show, and our unfiltered podcast. If you'd like to get more information and inquire about rates, please contact me at bob at intothegapmedia.com. There's a reason spiders and ants are called pests, and getting rid of them can get a little messy for the environment. Get the job done safely with Ecotech Pest Control. Following the principles of integrated pest management, Ecotech will ensure your home or business is free from all those unwanted visitors today and offer you solutions and advice to keep them from coming back tomorrow. Schedule your service appointment today at ecotechpestcontrol.com. Mention Into the Gap and get a 10% discount. Ecotech Pest Control, protecting our environment together. This is Into the Gap, the podcast, where we bring you highlights of our radio show, which airs every Saturday at 1 o'clock Central Time on WCGO AM and FM. We also recently introduced the Into the Gap Unfiltered podcast, where we pack the current cultural narrative into a sausage grinder of critical thought, and where whatever enters that sacred hog casing gets served up hot and juicy on a platter of freedom and liberty. Find it, rate it, and subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Our latest episodes are also available on SoundCloud at Into the Gap Media and our website, intothegapmedia.com. So, um, yeah, three, go ahead. Three laws of performance. Yeah. I, there's some ju- such juicy stuff in here. I want to read a couple of quips. Yeah. Uh, because when we talked about language a few minutes ago, right? Yeah. Um, the first law of performance says your actions correlate with how th- these things occur to you, not to the facts themselves. Language is used here in the broadest sense. It includes not only spoken and written communication, but also body language, mm-hmm. facial expressions, yeah. tone of voice, pictures yeah. and drawings, music, how people dress, and any other actions that have symbolic content. Untying the knots of language begins with seeing that whenever you say something, other communication is carried along with it. Yeah. We call this phenomenon the unsaid but communicated. Sometimes the sender is aware of the unsaid. Often they are not. The unsaid is the most important part of language when it comes to elevating performance. The unsaid but com- but communicated includes, but is not limited to, assumptions, expectations, mm-hmm. disappointments, resentments, regrets, interpretations, significance, and issues that occur as dangerous. I'll stop there, but I mean... See, Bob, what you're talking to there is... Really you, loaded stuff. You used you use the phrase incompletion before. Yes. So what happens is stuff happens in our lives. Right. right? And uh, we we have a reaction to it. Yes. And then we carry that on as that's the truth and that's the way life is going right. to be. So our reaction yeah. to s- what happens yeah. becomes was basically a personal interpretation. Yeah. And right? then we create a strategy. We well we create a narrative around it okay. from what I've heard you say. Yeah. And then that story, that little narrative that we're carrying around about that event that happened becomes something that number 1, we're not even aware that we're doing that. Right. First of all, and second of all, we end up doing things that hold it in place. And that's the, yeah. I think the hardest part of the, having this conversation for me is this whole idea of what are you getting out of what's not working for you? Yeah. Is that the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and the other thing is all, this whole narrative, right. That you've created. Yeah. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. You become comfortable with it. Right. And it becomes safe for you. It becomes a little blanky. It becomes the <laughs> truth. And, and oh, you're so, sucking that thumb. Yeah. And so you go back there and then, the payoff on that, though, is you don't have to be responsible for anything counter to that. Right. Okay. So right. W- what's that thing in the, you, you had that part about 
creating an, a new reality or something. Yeah. Okay. You know? So, so this is, this is, again, I, I really love this little paragraph because it, it really yeah. is, uh, it, it's really all about where we're at, at culturally for me. We yeah. all know what it's like to talk to someone who is hiding something. He often appears as evasive, detached, distant, or disconnected. Yeah. What he's hiding is in the unsaid, yeah. but the way he comes across communicates something that something is off. Think of an entire group of coworkers hiding things from each other, and you'll see the impact of what the unsaid has on performance. Now, I'm going to zoom ahead to what we said earlier. Yeah. Almost universally, it's the unsaid that's cluttered for individuals, groups, and organizations. Before anything new can happen, people need to make space by doing the linguistic equivalent of cleaning out closets. Yep. This means moving issues into the light of discussion, saying them, examining them in public. The point here isn't to say every passing thought or dump every judgment or evaluation on everyone. It's certainly not to say every random thought that comes from your inner voice. The point is to notice that there are issues constraining people because of what they aren't saying. When people can address and articulate the unsaid, space begins to open up. People can discuss openly and in public yeah. what's holding them back and what to do about it. Much like moving things out of the closet and into the room, people can sort through issues, perspectives, and grievances with the intent of making more space. Yeah. So please, this whole well, no, idea of completion it, it, is making space, right? Yeah, that that's idea? what it is. It, it, it's taking the stuff that gets in our way yeah. and moving it out of the way. Right. Right. So you can have a, an open conversation about right. what's going on. Right. And, and this is how you, you transform organizations. This is how you transform individuals, individuals, how you, yeah, it, 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 it frees everyone up. Right. And you realize your narrative, though true for yourself, mm -hmm. isn't necessarily true for everybody else. Right. And that's fundamentally the difference between subjective and objective reality. Right. Right. Which is a real tricky landscape to go into, which we're going to get into. Yeah. But it, 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 so it's this heavy. duality, yeah. right? And, and so we, subjective reality is the, the reality we live in. It's our truth. It's, you know. Well, it's how things occur for us. Absolutely. And it's not necessarily authentic. Right. Right. Exactly. It could be highly inauthentic, which is another distinction. We talked about earlier. We talked about earlier, yeah. but it's going to be a rolling conversation as a yeah. part of this show, which is the nature of the show emanated from coaching conversations. And we are attempting to make public yeah. a coaching conversation. Like, well, you know, and, so. I mean, to bottom line, this whole thing, the, mm -hmm. this, this whole, you know, second law of performance, how situations occur arises in language is to just notice and be responsible for the language we engage in. Right. Okay. The language we listen to, and then when we listen to it, what do we do with that information? And one of the things you see is this constant buildup in the narrative of one thing this way or one thing that way or this matters and this matters and all this stuff mm -hmm. and how easily we get offended, you know? Right. I, I, I believe that this is how we, we started seeing the purpose for the show yeah. in a context of critical thinking because when you're thinking critically – you have an awareness that you are making these interpretations. You have an awareness that that thoughts are one thing and emotions are another. Yeah. So when you say, oh, we get triggered, wouldn't you say, Mike, that our getting triggered is having our emotions lead the, lead the interpretation versus the content yeah. or the facts? Or, 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 the, or the commitment, right? Yeah, it's our emotion. We, we, we get afraid somehow. And we're typically afraid because it's, it's put into something that's been, you know, big and ugly. 
So we talked about, like, I'll give you an example. Like one of the things that both you and I have talked a number of times about yeah. is the danger of political correctness. Yep. Right? Political correctness in the, in the context of how situations occur, arise in language, is actually the manipulation of language, mm-hmm. right? Such that people don't get offended. And I don't know if it's right. intentional or unintentional, but what it becomes is tyranny. It becomes, it becomes the interference of free speech. All right. Get in, give us an example of how that becomes tyranny, though. Well, because okay. So I'll give you an e- example. Easily. So I'll go into a business meeting, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll say something like, hey, guys, how you doing? And it, there's people of every gender there. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And then someone says, well, we're not guys. I'm so, okay. Hello, everyone. And all of a sudden, then, I am, I, for a second, mm-hmm. what will happen is, mm-hmm. well, the context of the meeting has shifted. It's gone from what I was brought in to, to bring and commit to and right. fulfill on. Yeah. Now it becomes about the word I used in introducing them. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And about them getting offended by a four-letter word that starts with a G and ends up with an S. Well, and it's the whole idea that I can see, too, mm-hmm. is that if, if what is the long-term impact or what's the probable likely future yeah. of all of us parsing every single word that we say, is that, is that truly empowering people? No. Or is yeah. this whole dissection or deconstruction of language, so to speak... Does that then, how does that, in other words, how, how we got here wasn't that. In other words, right. we, 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 we have a, like Jordan Peterson says, mm-hmm. it's a miracle the lights are on. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's a yeah. miracle that the power station is still running. Yeah. It's a miracle that the hospital is still open. Those are miraculous events well, what that it, are the result of an yeah. accumulative amount of actions and knowledge and legacy and um, plethora of other things right well again it puts the attention on the wrong thing it puts the attention on making sure you're doing it right the delivery no not even the delivery no the 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 spec the particle right Right. okay and not on the idea right so what ends up happening is we we go from a culture that's no longer focused on ideas Mm -hmm. and constructive conflict Mm -hmm. to uh, a culture that's focused on safety and convenience and comfort and appeasement yeah, this is a look. I, I for me, this yeah. is a very challenging subject to play around with because I, I I've referred to this in other conversations with other people in my life yeah. as this um, uh, syndrome of talking about talking about something. Right. Right. There, there's like I, I think for a lot of people, and I include myself. Yeah. The, and you know me, I'm really easy going, and yeah. I, I I'm not one of these guys that like gets all fired up and annoyed with people. Right. Very That's rarely. Me. Very, you're a little, yeah, you, you get a little short on that. And where, where I go is, is if I'm talking about talking about something, if I'm now every other word, I'm making sure that, you know, what's the impact on productivity? We're just going to go. Yeah. What's the impact on getting stuff done? What's the impact on moving your life forward? What's the impact on making a real difference? And then you add in the fact of this. Fear of offending when the, the fact that, so it cuts out discourse. Absolutely. And, and how, where does great ideas come from? Yeah. The, ex, the exchange of ideas that are in almost always contradictory to one another. And, 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 and by, by the way, in an unfettered manner, you're, exactly. you're not, you're not necessarily going to get the best out of somebody 
by having them walk a tightrope. Yeah. I don't see how that's possible. Yeah. So if, yeah, exactly. Like you want to, cause what you want is you want that authentic person to come out and speak from their heart. And if they didn't get the memo about what is the correct word to use today, or if they're, they, they haven't been brought up in a new situation, but they they really see something. What you're doing is you're cutting out the outsiders from contributing to, to change the issue. Right. 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 So it becomes this inside game too. Yes. You know, and you know, we all have to get the lexicon and the rule book before we can play anything. Right. What that does is create a container of stagnation. And so it impacts creativity of our organizations. It creates impacts creativity of our culture. It leads to tribalism. So look, we know from the last couple of years, especially that the country is somewhat divided between people who believe that uh, political correctness Mm -hmm. is a worthy endeavor within which to engage or to, to practice having as a practice. And there are other people like folks, this is just, how can you possibly, you know, it doesn't work. Right. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for a lot of people. So what's the, what's the gap to bridge here? Speaking of into the gap. No, I think it's, it's it's a great question, Bob. And I think the gap is we're going to have to answer when we get back. But I think it's really both releasing our positions and engaging in a new conversation. I wrote this the other day, time as currency and attention as a medium of exchange. So you're get when you're, when you're in communication with someone, you're, you're giving someone your time, yeah. which is your obviously your most precious asset. Yeah, yeah, and your attention is kind of like the currency right. of the of the time spent. So when you, what I'm hearing you say then is when you focus on the word guys, you know, and you make that the issue, you're taking away, you're taking attention away from the commitment you have in the moment. I would say, yeah, yeah, I would Absolutely. say too. And like I think why, that's answering why am I here anyway? Then yeah, and I think that's the biggest beef I have with political correctness is we don't move forward because we're so worried about the gnats and the right. details, right? Yeah. And listen, I understand what came about. I understand that there was, you know, what was it? Bombastic was the word you used earlier today? Bombast, right. Bombast. So it, there were dudes and people that operated in a way that were insensitive or bombastic or whatever word you want to use. I get that. And and we always have to evolve and move forward. Yeah. But you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Well, let me call attention to yeah. people who want to know a little bit more about this, and we're going to make sure. this a habit on the show, I promise. Yeah. And that is, uh, there's a there's a great YouTube video by uh, an author by the name of Diana West, mm-hmm. and she has a, uh, a video called "Where Did Political Correctness Come From?" Oh, okay. And it's very very good. Okay, good. Yeah, good. and it has a lot to do it with an with an intentional destabilization of the language. Because, okay. look, if I can get men and women to be arguing all the time, yeah. for that matter, if I can get me and you to be arguing all the time, well, yeah. that's that sleight of hand thing. Yeah. While yeah. you and I are beefing it out over here, or, or men and women are out there beefing it out, they're not paying attention to the man behind the curtain well, and the people that are basically making our lives way more difficult than they need to be. You know, Bob, when you say that too, what, what that... That, that's such a brilliant statement because I think what happens when people are always in a state of being offended and they're yeah. always upset about this or that or about, you know, oh my God, you didn't do this or you're wearing the wrong this, or, you know, yeah. what's happening is it takes away, it takes their attention away from the purpose of them living the life that they're there for, right? 
Yeah. It takes attention away from them being in the relationship they want to be in. Yep. From them having the career they want to have. They're getting ripped off. Big time. Of everything. Yeah. Of everything. You know? Don't sweat the small stuff, right? And it's all small stuff. Yeah. You know? Or what's that George Carlin? Don't pet sweaty things and don't sweat petty (laughs) things, right? (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, that's really what it's about, right? And so, yeah, it's like, really, man, we all got to kind of chill out. But the thing that's really important, which you asked, and I want to answer that right now, is whenever there's a situation where, you know, and you and I do this all the time, we have a lot of constructive friction between us, right? Absolutely. And so every time there's a constructive friction, what happens is Bob will have his position. God knows I've got mine. Yep. And what we have to do is we actually have to release our positions Right. And step out into a neutral area and then actually talk about Absolutely. the thing we're committed to. And one yes. of the things that, that you all probably know already, but Bob and I, our, our commitment to our, our shared vision of what we're committed to is is impenetrable. You know? Yes. And the shared vision that we have is that people are operating at a very high level of functionality and yeah. performance. I mean, what just so happens and, that we're talking about yeah. the three laws of performance. Exactly. But That's really what it's about. Ultimately, that's what our commitment is. Our, yeah. our commitment is is that that first of all, that the coaching arrangement is one where people have an opportunity to be their highest and best self. Yeah, and they got somebody that's seeing their life from a different perspective than they have. Yeah, standing for them. That right, and that's saying, you know what, you, you may want to watch that because when you move your hand over mm-hmm. here and you do that, you know, you're you're sending that message versus yeah. whatever. Right? There's that. There's and, that. And that. That's really what it's about. And, yeah, and and it's that's what. This whole thing is about that's what the, that's the the basis of the show, right? Right, and that's why we're doing this, and right, uh, and it's our our pleasure and our complete honor to. And it's, it's a privilege to, to be able to, to have be this able, conversation yeah. publicly, and and we talk about this you and me all the time before the show, which is maintaining the great responsibility that we have to not allow ourselves to go into the weeds. We touch on them a little bit. <laughs> we come. We definitely close. come very close. Yeah. Uh, we're not making. Whenever any I refer to the People's Republic of Chicago, <laughs> oh God, don't do that! No, I gotta do you got this. It. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, <laughs> oh, that's good. you know, probably everybody else thinks that was really stupid, but it's really funny. Well, it's <laughs> it. Look, the thing is. Is that when you have, in all honesty, we would be very, it would be very inauthentic for us to talk about our purposes behind the show, as well as our individual lives, which you and I enjoy and very much appreciate freedom and liberty. We're we're freedom and liberty lovers. Uh, I, you and I get nostalgic all the time Mm -hmm. about growing up in this country and the life that's what that this we, is about. The, it, that's actually your, what this is about. Wait, I yes, absolutely. And I still am remiss in 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 uh, in critiquing Mike's book and reviewing Mike's book publicly, and I will. But it, your book is a great example of what it's like growing up in a country where if you got out of high school and college wasn't for you, mm-hmm. you were perfectly capable of making a very good living. Yeah. And just about whatever. Well, and the real idea behind this book wasn't to be nostalgic, though they're clearly the feedback as it is. Sure. But it was to apply the principles, beliefs, 
of lessons and values yes. of a time previous yeah. in a world today. Right. That's really what it was. And about. how those rules still apply now. They still apply. Yeah. Yes. That's really what it's about. Even That's, though they're old. Yeah. Because well, if you drive around, I'm speaking as, you know, as an architectural capacity, yeah. you drive around, you look at buildings now versus buildings well, saw, that we actually love. When I came in on the- a pretty big age gap on, between on, that. On Sheridan Road, I drove by the bomb shelter on the lakefront. Okay. At Northwestern. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was- that's a it beautiful, would be the, the music building on the lake. That's a beautiful the, piece of work. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's like this big concrete <laughs> block with a couple of holes in it. So if there's ever a nuclear war, go to the music building in Northwestern because I'm. Yeah. it's, it's got to be a right. quite a. It's probably as perfect acute acoustics. I mean, it, it's just uh, it's yeah. the kind of thing where you want to photograph somebody, yeah. whose head has been completely shaved, <laughs> and his eyebrows are completely like buffed off, it's just like. Yeah, one movie with uh, Robert Duvall where they live underground. And oh, the guy's yeah. Just like, you know, I, I think yeah. that place with perfect acoustics, and then I think mm-hmm. the auditorium theater, and I think choose. Right. right. Yeah. But anyway, so this has been, uh, yeah, we're, we're getting close to wrapping it up. Next week, we're going to talk about um, the third, the third, law, third performance. law performance, which is. <laughs> I got it right future, here. No, future based. Language transforms how situations, situations occur, occur to people. So it's really about what we were talking right. about earlier. So you and I step outside our box. Right. And then we engage in a conversation right. about what we can build together. Yes. And that's really what, that's how you bridge the gap too. I also want to take a moment as an aside to yeah. have everyone understand that one of the things that we're looking forward to as we move forward is dealing with what's called the trivium or grammar, logic, and reason. Yeah. And this whole idea that the trivium is not really taught yeah. to kids. Please allow us to thank you for listening to this show as we are only too aware that your support makes it possible. 